Hello, Marvelites! You're listening to This Week in Marvel, episode number 618. I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Agent M. And I'm Angelique Roche, and I'm back! <laughs> hey. Mm, hey! So sad I missed episode 616, but, you know, this is just as good. Yes, it is just as good. Um, and, hey, spoilers for the world. Angelique and I got to see each other in person last week, which was delightful. It's the greatest thing ever. Like, honestly, so nice to have a hug. Yeah. I got to meet your mom and she was just the best. Yes. And you were you got to eat po' boys and good food because you were in the greatest city ever. Uh, but we are not here to talk about food and all that stuff because this is the official Marvel podcast where we talk about all the things happening this week in Marvel. That's right. We're here to talk about games, comics, books, toys, movies, TV, and whatever. You know what? Whatever. Whatever we are excited about. And if you can hear it in our voices, we are excited about a lot. Oh, yeah. It's a big, it's a good, it's a wonderful week. This week, we have a loaded episode for you. First up, we're talking to writer Teeny Howard about her work on the magnificent, masterful, wonderful, special Marvel move. We also have an amazing interview, so please stick around for part two of our chat with Amon Vellani and Saber Prasada on Ms. Marvel, the new mutant. And if you haven't listened to part one yet, be sure to go back and listen to last week's episode where Ryan Panagos held it down solo because he's just that good. Um, go check out that episode first, uh, and then you can hear part two in a bit, but fair warning. We're going to get into spoiler territory for Miss Marvel, the new mutant number one. So be sure to pick up your copy now and then come back and listen to the episode. Yeah, the book released this week. You can check it out. But before we get into all that, let's talk about Marvel Move. The experience is available right now. First up, like, let's just give y'all a bit uh, of a conversation with Teeny Howard on her work with the X-Men in our big, one of our flagship stories for Marvel X-Men, we have Sentinels inbound. Better get moving, bub. We are here with the wonderful, amazing Teeny Howard. Hi, Teeny. Hi, Ryan. How are you today? I am very excited to chat with you because we are talking about something near and dear to my heart. Marvel move, particularly your X-Men story, X-Men Age of Orcus. Talk a bit about what Marvel move is for someone who's new to this. How would you describe it? So I'm actually really happy to explain this because I was a big fan of the company that's doing this with us, uh, Six to Start. They had a game they did called Zombies Run, uh, which was kind of their original thing. And it was, I am someone who I like exercising, but I like stories more. So uh, I was able to, uh, I remember just some friends and I checked it out because we were just nerds and we heard there was an app that could get you to run like you were being chased by zombies. And we were all like, okay, that sounds cool. And so we tried it out. And basically what it is, and the Marvel Move works a really works very similarly, is it is a fitness app that is audio-based, and you listen to it while you run or... Um... Well, you could do it as... A, you could do it walking. You could do it in a wheelchair. I've actually done it on a, a stationary bike. Yeah, um... exactly. It's, it's So it doesn't have to be a physical run, but whatever kind of physical exercise you like. Um, it's audio based and they kind of tell you a story with breaks in it for your exercise to be part of the story. And if that sounds confusing, it's 
pretty simple to explain, you know, an example of how that might look in an X-Men game, like the one I'm writing for Marvel Move is uh, Wolverine might tell you to go get him a drink. <laughs> and, uh, so you get a short story where uh, Wolverine interacts with your character and talks to you about how he's really thirsty and he's tired of dealing with Scott and Jean. So you really got to go get him a drink. <laughs> and so uh, it's like, OK, runner, uh, go be back in 90 seconds. So you, you know, you, you sprint or you pedal really hard or you, you know, you walk and get a nice brisk pace. And then when the timer is up and you get to the other end, Wolverine might say, Ah, oh, thanks, buddy. <laughs> She's saying you're gonna have to be bait, bub. <laughs> Maybe that's your code name. We can call you bait. Logan. <laughs> You've had a lot uh, higher stakes in, in your X-Men story than yeah. getting Wolverine a drink, for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's usually very exciting. And <laughs> for example, in Zombies Run, it was usually based around getting supplies to and from... Uh, various stations of humans that needed things and you would hear the zombies groan and chase you while you ran in marvel move it's all the excitement of the marvel universe you're running from you know uh short zombies sometimes but you know frost giants and sentinels and you know aim and everyone else that might be chasing you down if you were a hero and that's really one of the fun things about marvel move is that it takes you through the journey of being a hero you're you're not just um you know, taking Jean Grey's aerobics class, you are a uh, new part of Krakoa and you get to learn and grow and see what it's like to be there as as you, while also getting some good exercise on a beautiful island and all of the fantastic places that they can take gates to. This way! Stay with me! They must chase you, not catch you! We're right behind you, Storm! One thing when we pitched it, um, was I was very much like, I want to do the X-Men because it's an audio project, and the X-Men are so voicey. Snicked means Wolverine, you know? Bamf means Nightcrawler. Sugar means Rogue. Like, with one <laughs> sound or one word, you know, you you know who these characters are. I say Mona Me and Ryan makes a face. Like, that's... <laughs> like, oh, we'll get to Gambit. <laughs> we'll get to Gambit. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it, the, the joy of pitching the X-Men for an audio drama is just that, is they're all... I mean, comic books in general, but the X-Men are so... I mean, I, I, you think of, you know, thunder means storm. Like, it's just like everything, like everyone has a real voiciness or an audio cue or something. And it made... It made the idea of pitching a story with them really fun and it's like i definitely am like i hope the voice actors are having fun with it because it's, it's a lot of fun i think so. they are yeah foolish sentinel stand back you threaten the goddess storm go come on storm can handle herself trust me let's find gene and logan i'm worried about you being split up from them I'm right with you! Okay, ready? I've got you covered! Run! One of my absolute joys of getting one of your scripts in or getting, you know, the, the audio in is seeing and hearing. And I, I've emailed you with expletive-laden emails about how much I love your Beast and how much I, I just love the way you write Beast and I love the way you write Storm and Jubilee and, like, these characters who you immediately... You feel them because they are so familiar to us. So 
can you tell us a little bit about the the big story and uh, in particular some of the characters? You know, we mentioned a bunch of characters, but like the the we do really hit a wide array of characters that show up even for a little bit. But like, I was so excited to get like a forge in there or others. Yeah. Uh, so one really exciting thing was like wanting to start out with the characters and the the ideas and the concepts that any X Men fan would be familiar with. And then slowly introduce you and get you more involved with the world of Krakoa. So um, you start out. I mean, and it's 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 kind of like you know the the opposite of a lot of comic books. Me- comic book media where you sometimes start out with like some of the D listers or C listers, and eventually by the end of the season you get to see the big guy. So it's kind of the opposite. Like you start out, um, and like your you know your buddies are are folks like Gene and 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 Wolverine. Um, and you get to work, you know, with them as a player right off the bat, and they kind of take you through and guide you through their world. Uh, and it's really, really fascinating, especially as someone who, you know, I got to, I, I got to build Krakoa along with uh, with Jonathan and Jordan and the team, you know. So it, it um, there's just a lot of that world that feels really alive in me still and is still really thriving in there and so it was really fun to just kind of as these characters take people through a lot of like my mind when I'm writing the X-Men you know my world like what I imagine Krakoa is like when it's um when it's thriving what it's like to just be someone that lives there and gets sent on missions and um is a part of of that world who gets to you know there's definitely there's parts where you're uh, super fantastically, you know, active and, and your character is the core and everyone's cheering you on. And there are other cool moments where it just kind of feels a little bit like you're a fly on the wall hearing the war captain's plan, you know. It's good. I think it's a really good story. <laughs> just one kilometer to go. You can do it, Recruit. We leave no mutant behind. Teeny. Thank you so much. I'm excited for everybody to check it out. X-Men Age of Orcus as part of Marvel Move, which is part of the ZRX app. Everybody can download it on iOS and Android. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Bye, everyone. Uh, Teeny is the best. Thank you, Teeny, 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 for coming and talking uh, with me about Marvel Move. Um, as you heard, you know, Marvel Move is this wonderful experience. Um, it is part of an app called ZRX. So, you can search on your um, your iOS app store. You can search on your Android app store for Marvel Move or ZRX. I love this. Also, on the digital side, there is a new announcement out from Marvel Unlimited. That's right. Marvel Unlimited now has a member kit for 2023 Uh, so the marvel limited team is actually proud to present um with an ever-growing universe of comics because it keeps growing every single year so we wanted this year's annual plus kit to represent limitless discovery so this year, uh, the Marvel Limited team decided they were going to focus on Nova Richard Rider, who is going to take complete center stage in the Marvel Cosmic Kit. So it's going to have a couple items in the kit, um, and it's going to be celebrating some of the latest stories from Marvel Comics for just $99. Um, your first year, join the Marvel Limited Plus tier and enjoy additional perks, collectibles, I'm going to roll through them. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of excited. So the complete rundown is a limited edition Hasbro Marvel Legends red suit Nova figure not available anywhere else. I repeat, 
Not available anywhere else. Loki 2023 number one, Mike McCone variant cover, the Captain Marvel Dark Tempest 2023 number one, Bingle variant cover, Loki's helmet patch, mm-hmm. uh, and Rocket by Scotty Young Pin. I'm sorry. Yeah. I just, I got excited because I always get excited when I see Scott. Scotty Young is one of my favorite artists. Yeah. And you know, it's a rocket by Scotty Young. It's going to be both cute and badass and fierce in some way in how only Scotty can do. Yeah. Think about the value proposition for this, though. Like, uh, a Marvel Legends figure is like $25. The variant cover, minimum $10-$15. So you get two of those. So right there, you're looking at like 50 bucks. Then a helmet patch, it's another, you know, five, ten bucks. And a uh, a pin is probably what, like 10, 10 bucks or so? Right? Right. And in addition to all of that, you get access to thirty thousand plus comics. For a year. And you get extended digital benefits like ten percent off of Marvel merchandise. At shopdisney.com. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. So, and that, for me, that's just worth it because that's where all my money goes. Yeah. It is a good deal if you are able to get up on it. So go to marvel.com slash unlimited. Get your plus member kit now. Get it. So the next thing up, I'm so excited because all of us have been anticipating. Ah, yes. It is season two of Marvel Studios Loki. And... I love this. Uh, it's not that I'm like very partial to the year 1982 and McDonald's and how much we ante- like you anticipated the toys, right? Like you anticipated going to McDonald's as a kid, right? Oh yeah, I still have Fraggle Rock toys. <gasps> you remember those little wind up dudes? Yes. Yeah, legit. I'm just saying, if you ever need to get rid of those, uh, let me know. But also let Loki know, uh, because <laughs> ahead of the release for Marvel Studios Loki season two, uh, the Disney Plus series has teamed up with McDonald's, which makes a memorable appearance in the timeline. Quite. Oh, my God. For a chance to travel back to 1982. Uh, So to celebrate, McDonald's has transported a whole McDonald's in Brooklyn, New York, back to 1982 as seen in the upcoming season of Loki as part of the As Featured in Meal campaign. Running from Wednesday, August 30th through Friday, September 1st, fans of Loki and Chicken McNuggets don't need a temp pad to check out the event, which includes the As Featured in Meal, eat like your favorite characters and artists with one of three main menu items, plus co-starring sides, and experience 80s pricing. Wow. On the as featured in 10 piece chicken McNuggets and the as featured in Big Mac meals for a limited time. Uh, take a step through a time variance authority time door to be transported back to a 1980s McDonald's restaurant. I need to make a trip to Brooklyn. Um, see props used during filming of Marvel Studios Loki Season 2, like Sylvie's uniform, her name tag, the menu board, and so much more. I, this is, uh, this is just sounds amazing. If any of you were able to get there while this was happening, please let us know. I want to see it. We sent the Marvel.com team to go and they check it out and like they got the sweet and sour sauce. They got to experience all of it. We have details and all that on Marvel.com. I hear there's like a, a special thing for the sweet and sour sauce too. Like there's like an AR feature where yeah. you can scan 
the Loki branded sweet and sour sauce lid on Snapchat, and it's like it's really like cool AR feature that you can have throughout the promotion, which is kind of dope. Uh, to learn more about the event, uh, especially for those of us who will not make it or did not make it, <laughs> head over to Marvel.com. Loki season two premieres October sixth. That's right, October sixth. 2023 so get ready like you have just enough time to like rewatch season one right yeah. now only on disney plus get up in it so last week um comic shops from around the world they got to be part of the special video conference where jonathan hickman and valeria skeety and then our marvel comics editor-in-chief cb sabolsky marvel comics vp executive editor tom brevoort basically the, the the creative trust behind gods um started revealing things about the series that's it's a new series launching um october 4th so really not very long to wait for it we've been teasing it for a year long we've been adding little little single page things and a lot of the comics that people have been reading it's been going on a lot um and it's really here to redefine a lot about marvel comics cosmology if you will so here's what jonathan hickman and valeria skeedy had to say you know, we don't get a lot of opportunities to try out brand new properties in the current market. And I think that this represents not just a solid effort by the, the company, but also a, a real, really swinging for the fence by Valerio and I and Marte and, and everybody involved in the production of the book to really put something new out there. I think the most important thing is that it is us putting all of our energy and weight into doing something that is brand new, but it's done by a creative team that understands the Marvel universe and understands the, the complexity of continuity and, and, and what it usually takes to make a book like this resonate along with all of the stuff that's been around for a very long time. And we're just super excited about it. Uh, as Jonathan said before, we are doing something new. Our, our main characters are brand new, but, but they are uh, deeply tied to the rest of the Marvel Universe. So uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a huge story. And as a huge story, it's very difficult to, to, to put these uh, big things in one single page. But uh, with the help of Marte Gracia, I'm trying to do that. I'm, I'm changing my style. I'm trying to be more, 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 more detailed in the pages. So I'm trying to do something very different from what I did before Gods, because I want to show that this is a new story. So uh, it needed a new style and uh, somehow a new, a new me, <laughs> you know? Gods number one drops this October, so make sure to pre-order it today. To learn more and keep track of everything revealed about Gods thus far... Head over to marvel.com slash G-O-D-S. That's marvel.com slash gods. All right, let's shift from comics to something Marvel Studios related because Marvel Studios and DK have a brand new book coming October of this year, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, an official timeline. This is created in collaboration with Marvel Studios. It's endorsed by Kevin Feige, aka president of Marvel Studios, and is going to be the go-to resource for anyone who wants to connect the dots, truly understand the complex web of interconnections between the different Marvel movies and television shows. It's written by MCU experts. There's three of them. They're answering the biggest questions, what happened, when, and where. It's got the entire story of the MCU. 
And I love it because you're going to be able to follow the entire story of the MCU from before the Big Bang to the blip and beyond. Uh, along the way, you're going to be able to learn a little bit about the evolution of the Iron Man armors, the hunt for the Infinity Stones, and the formation of the multiverse. Yeah, it's going to have tons of infographics, um, multiple timelines, and really ways to to think about the MCU. Uh, tons of stills from the movies. It is the thing that you're going to want to have on your bookshelf or on your coffee table when you're sitting down and re-watching the MCU as I'm sure you all do many, many times. But before that comes out, we have comics coming out this week. Yes, comics out this like week. Like we do every week, but mm -hmm. you know, yeah. Um, so three picks this week. It's funny because I was looking at them in alphabetical order and the three picks that I went with are all in a row. Um, but also alliteration, dude. I know, it's, it's so funny. Uh, Marvel Age number 1000 is really something special it is one of those big uh, sort of anthology type issues um it's edited by tom brevoort we mentioned him they're so good tom did it with um i think it was marvel comics 1000 a couple years ago we had a big uh spider-man one last year and this year it's marvel age and tom went to a bunch of creators to basically say like hey Think about what Marvel kind of like means to you and take some of the like the old original characters or maybe some new characters and, and give it a, a come up with some really cool stories is like the long and short of it. And, and look, it is this special. this list is insane. The yeah. list is insane. Like yeah. Adam Kubert, Mark Wade, Dan Slott, Jason Aaron, Laura and Michael Allred, Rainbow Rowell. Like it's it's insane. Like Rainbow Rowell doing a Jean Grey story with a little bit of Scott Summers. All you need is a little. You don't need. A, you don't need a lot of Scott. You never need. There's, there's <laughs> never too little Scott Summers. But anyway, continue. <laughs> yeah, there's uh, Armando Iannucci who created Veep and has done some really fun little comics for us, along with Adam doing that Daredevil story. Steve McNiven mm -hmm. doing a Silver Surfer Mephisto story, but it's like. Vibes of Stan Lee and John Buscema, vibes of, of Barry Windsor Smith. It is like moody as all hell, and it is great. It is beautiful. Uh, Jason, Aaron, and Pepe Larraz on a on a um, Jane Foster story. I mean, come on. And then J. Michael Straczynski and Kari Andrews doing this sort of like formation of the Marvel Universe kind of story. It is a really sweet thing. It's, yeah. I can't wait for people to read this. Um, you got a couple more picks though, dude. Um... Yeah. Moon Knight Annual Number One is a is a contest of chaos issue, so it's it's cool. Oh, yeah. It's got um, Taguki from Tiger Division, um, cool series there. He's the they're the uh, the Korean superhero team. It's Taguki versus Moon Knight, and it gets really weird and trippy. It's written by Jed McKay, the main story, and it like gets bananas. You see alternate versions of the two heroes and and how they have their quote-unquote battle and interactions is gnarly it's really really cool um so definitely check that one out and then ms marvel the new mutant number one i how could i not pick it it's it's such a big one it's so fun I there's a say, i felt like you've been talking about this book for weeks now yeah and it, it, it had to be there it had yes. to be there yeah, and we won't even talk about it anymore. We're going to get a little bit of that from Iman Vellani and Sabra Prasada in just a few minutes. But let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to get into part two of our chat with Iman Vellani and Sabra Prasada. We'll be right back. 
your listener this week in Marvel. I'm Anjali Grochet. And I'm Ryan Panagos, and it is now time to get into our second part of our chat with the co-writers of the new Ms. Marvel, the new Mutant series, Iman Vellani and Saber Perzada. We are talking with them. Um, you know, last week we talked a lot about their origins and different things. This week, we're going to continue some of that conversation, but also get into a bit of a commentary, a creator commentary from the two of them about the first issue of Ms. Marvel, the new Mutant. So if you haven't read it yet, please do. But also know, as we mentioned at the top of the show, we're going to get into some spoilers about this book. But now, let's hear from Iman and Saber. All right, welcome back, Iman and Saber. We are going to continue our conversation about Ms. Marvel, the new mutant. Um, so, you know, I, I would love to mention, I would love to go through a little bit, uh, Iman, you mentioned you talked to Sana Amanath about mm-hmm. writing some comics and then Ms. Marvel and you learned some news like, tell us a little bit more about how the, the process got started and then where where Kamala actually is at the beginning of your series. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I was just pitching ideas to Sun. And Sun was like, you know, if you're serious about this, I can make a couple calls. And I was like, sure. And then I texted her a couple months later. I'm like, I think I'm very serious about this. What do I do? And she's like, okay, let me talk to some folks. And then literally within the next few months, we got... Kevin's blessing, Marvel editorial on board. I pitched the senior editors, um, Jordan White and Nick Lowe, my ideas, and we found Saber very quickly. And so, yeah, it was just the the coolest, quickest turnaround ever, I think. And yeah, story-wise, Kamala's kind of dealing with a lot right now. For those who aren't caught up in comics news, she died. And now she's a mutant. So, yeah, we all know comic book deaths are short-lived, and, and we got a whole lot of Miss Marvelous to tell. So after the insane Hellfire Gala written by the great Jerry Duggan, Kamala's, like, indeed brought back using Krakoan resurrection technology and Cerebro Detector as a mutant. So it's just raised a million thoughts, feelings, and concerns in her mind, but she has no time to deal with any of that because mutants are dying. And, um, yeah, she's, she's not really... Um, she kind of has to acclimate into this entire new life that she's been given, literally, the new colors that she wears and realizes that, you know, being a mutant does set her apart in, in a way that she's never experienced before. So, yeah, I mean, I'm going to let Slapper kind of take the rest of that. Where, where is Kamala at the beginning of the story? Yeah, I mean, one of the places I think we organically started with, which is like, what is the big difference between Kamala in the comics and the Kamala in the series? And uh, the TV series, I should say. And the big difference for us was experience. Is that Kamala in the comics, she's been an Avenger. She's been an Inhuman. She's been a champion. She's been all these different things. And we felt that that would then start her off to say, okay, I know how to deal with what it's like to be dead and resurrected. I know what it's like to deal with being hated and feared the way that mutants have been. And that she would go in with a certain level of confidence only to discover that it is a very different thing to be in the moment experiencing hatred and fear and unpacking what it means that you died. Uh, and that was our launching pad, is, is to sort of challenge Kamala in a new and specific way in the comics that she hadn't had a chance to be challenged before. Yeah, she's like a little naive coming into this, like thinking that, oh, you know, being a mutant is just another label to add to the list of the many. And it doesn't really change anything. This new suit that she wears and this new title, it's all basically like a formality. And very quickly, it's she realizes that being public with this mutant label bears a lot more weight than she was expecting. And um, the entire world's perspective on Miss Marvel shifts very quickly. And for the first time, she's like almost getting a taste of what it's like to be the enemy and, and see herself in, in that way. And so that's been a lot of fun to play with, too. Yeah. 
I would imagine. Uh, Iman, you mentioned she's got these new colors. She has a new design by artist Jamie McKelvey, which I love Jamie. Good friend. Uh, What were your reactions to seeing the new suit, let alone the fact that, like, it's not just the suit. There's all this other stuff coming to it. But, like, seeing that first image of her. Dude, so epic. I'm a big Jamie McKelvey fan. That's, That's his work. In my, in my room. <laughs> right behind you. Yeah, I, I he was like the only name I actually mentioned in those meetings with the editors, um, <laughs> because I just I love the Captain Marvel redesign. I love what he did for Miss Marvel, and uh, I like I was telling them I'm like I know he's gonna say yes. Like I almost had a chance to meet him when I was working in London, but I I, I couldn't. So maybe so we kind of have a connection there, um, <laughs> and thankfully he did say yes. And I like made a Pinterest board with just different ideas for shoes and like we wanted to do combat boots basically get rid of everything that was the captain marvel identity and and start from scratch a little bit new colors new new um you know we we, we got the x gloves which i really love that he included so it's it's just a completely fresh look and and kind of adds to this entire you know the pressure of having a new identity and being so public with it and you know, Kamal's like, this is a super suit. I got to wear it. It's my uniform. And then people are like, no, she's villain. We need to not stand by this person. <laughs> so she's like, it, it's, yeah, big identity marker. But it, I love the suit so much. I think it's so cool. Yeah, it's it's gorgeous. I can't wait. I would imagine at New York Comic Con this fall, we'll see some really spectacular cosplayers. Oh, I hope so. This and the Hellfire Gala outfit. That was oof, pretty cool. Oof. So good. Um, all right. So let's now, since the first issue is out, let's do a little bit of a like creator commentary look at the first issue um, to all of our listeners. We make it a little spoilery. So if you haven't read it yet, shame on you. Um, you need to read this comic. It's great. It's four issue limited series. First issue is available now. Ms. Marvel, the new mutant. And uh, we're going to get into it. The The opening sequence of the the book um, kind of feeds into something we talked about last time which was you have two artists on this title um and we open in one style and it's uh what's going on at the beginning of this first issue uh, the, the opening is a uh, somewhat surreal dream sequence where mm-hmm. kamala wakes up um in the sort of the egg that she is resurrected in on krakoa and appears to be reliving this moment over and over again in which she is also being pulled in, quite literally in a hundred different directions by all the different super teams that she has been a part of. Wonder yeah. what that means. It's, it, that, that, was, that was a really fun part of it. I mean, this all kind of started because I was reading a lot of Sandman. Um, and I was like, I want to deal with dreams. And, and this the whole comic book thing came to me in a dream. And I was listening to Billy Joel's River of Dreams. And I was like, there's too many dreams. We have to do dreams now. Um, and, and they were like, okay, like, we, sure, let's do it. Um, and that, that, that splash page went with all the, um, heroes having Kamala's face is like one of my favorite things ever. It's like a literal, you know, she wears so many faces, has so many labels and identities. And, um, I just thought it was such a, and, and Adam does such a good job at kind of drawing that whole thing. It was, it was pretty crazy, but yeah, I, I put a lot of my personal, um, what I was dealing with over the last three years of this massive change that happened in my life, you know, into Kamala's story of like how the, the type of psychological effect it has on someone as on someone so young when they have to deal with like something so massive. And for Kamala, it's just being a mutant for me. It's, you know, coming into fame and stardom and like all these insane things that no one this young should be dealing with. And so, 
yeah, I, I was able to pull a lot from my own experiences and telling Kamala's story. Yeah. And I think that opening is a great example of how Iman thinks visually, because a lot of those specific visuals, I think she had been, she had came up with by herself and, and uh, she just knew inherently that using dreams as a structure is opening up so many wonderful artistic possibilities. And Adam Gorman really killed it on this. It was just incredible. Yeah. Every panel, he was throwing in new and interesting details that built on the ideas we put in the script. And I must mention Dr. Surfer. Glad you did, because that was my next question. I freaked out when Adam did that first <laughs> drawing. I love Silver Surfer. He's one of my favorite characters outside of Iron Man and Kamala. And I was like, okay, what's another cool character I can match him with? And Doctor Strange came to mind immediately. And I was like, that is like the most awesome character ever. Um, and I really wanted to deal with like cosmic territory. Originally, I was like, how do I get Silver Surfer and Miss Marvel fighting together? Nothing in my head seemed to work. So I was like, okay, we're, we're going in her head then. Um, and with, with dreams, you could, the possibilities are endless. Like when we were um, dealing with so, a later issue that has a lot more of the dream sequences, it was like, we can do whatever we want. Like, I, I don't know what to pick. It's like when you're, you know, you're at a restaurant and the menu is way too extensive and you're like, I don't know what to do. That's basically how I felt. But I think <laughs> the wish list was helpful. Yeah. Yeah. I would imagine. Um, the dream stuff, super cool. Then we shift in the story to we see Kamala with her family, with her supporting cast. Uh, it's so good. How important was it for, for the two of you to make sure that, yes, we're in this brand new world for Kamala, but her the, the people closest to her have to be in this book? Was that part of like the wish list, the, the agenda, the thing that you wanted to make sure landed in this title? There was never any doubt about it. I mean, we, mm -hmm. it, we felt that it always came with the territory of the responsibility of doing a Ms. Marvel series, that the supporting cast had to be in it. And we also felt that readers were going to have a lot of questions about, you know, where all those things stand, given her current new status quo. And so we felt that we should just hit the ground running uh, by showing all the, the supporting cast as soon as possible. Yeah. And as a fan, like my favorite part of those books are, you know, her interactions with Bruno and and her family, like they're they're the stuff that I related to immediately when I first read my Miss Marvel comics. And so those were very important. And, and Willow and, and all those old books do such a good job at balancing family life and, and the superhero life. And we wanted to kind of make sure like, hey, guys, her parents are both still alive. Like she is pretty <laughs> unique in the Marvel universe. <laughs> Um, but yeah, the, they're, they're such like, they're her total rock throughout her entire superior journey. And it was very important for us to have them there. Yeah. Uh, these pages in the, you know, quote unquote, real world are by Carlos Gomez. So the split, I imagine, is you get Adam to do the, that cool dream sequence. Mm -hmm. You get Carlos to give us the real world. And he's so good at giving us, you know, um, facial acting and, and, and all these different things. Um, but also introducing a new character. There's we got a roommate yeah. for Kamala in here. Her name is Michelle. Um, but yeah, we. I think it was really important to kind of have another young person and, and have them, you know, so, so that we can get their perspective on the whole mutant thing because she does go to Empire State University and now it is funded by Orcus. And so is Michelle part of that? We don't know yet, but I think Ooh. it's a it's a great kind of side character to have. And Carlos, yes, you said it yourself. He's so good at drawing emotions. I love the way he draws Bruno too. Yeah. Uh, Bruno with the, the flex, yes. the arm flex. <laughs> they were like, do we need this? And I was like, I, I need it. It's so funny. He has no muscle. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, there, I also love the way Carlos draws our X-Men, particularly Rasputin, who, like, the, the connection between Rasputin 4, the new, sort of newish character in the X-Universe, and Ms. Marvel is just so cute. We see them hugging, and we get that great moment where Kamala is now with this new family, the, the X-Men, um, that obviously is such an important part. How much fun is it for you to, to write the X-Men in this book? Well, one of my favorite elements of the X-Men is that every dynamic between two characters is unique. So we wanted to make sure that we played that through with Kamala so that when she interacts with Shadowcat, it's distinctly different from the way she interacts with Rasputin or Sink or Talon or any of those other characters. So uh, it was there was a lot to unpack there. We're, we're excited to, to see more of her ongoing dynamic with other X-Men uh, through the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we wrap up, we get to see Kamala um, out and, and she's undercover. She's in this like school setting. Uh, she's got this radical gamer T-shirt, which made me crack up. But one of my favorite pages in the whole book is the eight panel grid we have where Kamala just spills her secrets to Bruno about what's going on, where she is. And she's like, I'm, 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 I'm eating. And it is really, really fun. It is perfectly exactly what we I feel like as fans want from Ms. Marvel. So kudos to y'all. Brian, that is exactly what I told Iman when she wrote that page. I had zero notes on it. I thought it was perfect. And uh, Carlos did an amazing job uh, rendering it perfectly. That's like one of the few. So when I started this whole thing, I didn't even, before we even had a story, I already had like scenes that I had written and they were just like sitting in my notes forever. And that was like one of the ones I was like, we need it. I just need both of them talking and, and Bruno and Kamal's interactions outside of like their potential romantic interest within in one another it's just it was is a very important scene for me and yeah i'm carlos draws an amazingly i'll talk credit to him for sure uh there's a campus there's a big fight everybody can see we get to see omega sentinel some orcas new bads all kinds of stuff but as we wrap up here just want to what kind of tease can you give us what's coming up in the next few issues of ms marvel the new mutant mm, a lot more dreams Gonna gonna kind of solve what happens in in that chapter of Kamala's life. Sabri has some great Orca stuff coming up. Yeah, we've got a, we've got a new villain within Orcus. Her name is Mythica, and uh, she may be up to more than Orcus knows. That's all I can say. Mm. Ooh, well done. Well, great stuff, y'all. Good to talk to you. Thank you, Iman. Thank you, Saber. And good luck. Thank you. Keep it up. Thank you. That was Amon Balani and Saber Prazada talking about the one, the only, Ms. Marvel. Yeah, you can check out the first issue of Ms. Marvel, The New Mutant, right now, written by them. Uh, more issues coming in the next couple of months. For more info on that, go to marvel.com, of course. We have a bunch of features and other conversations with Amon and Saber. Um, it's time for the question of the week and thinking about it. So next week, we're going to be talking about Spider-Gwen Smash, the upcoming series. And we're going to be talking about it with writer Melissa Flores and thinking about how that series is going to have Spider-Gwen and the Mary Janes going on tour. It's going to have a lot of like music and cool stuff to it. So a great question. Angelique, you, you came up with this one. Oh, because I love this idea because Marvel is full of music. Like, people sleep on it, but we got a lot of musicians in the Marvel universe slash Marvel multiverses. Um, So I want to know, who would be in your Marvel band or musical group? We we want this wide because we've got heroes Mm -hmm. that play music. Obviously, we've got, you know, Spider-Punk. Dazzler. We got Gwen. I will always go back to Hypno Hustler because 
This is one of my favorite villains where I'm just like, oh, this is what you do? Mm. Disco? Okay. I know. know. Hey, (laughs) he tried. He tried. Um, I'm going to throw out some. I want. All right. I want to know. Wolverine on the cowbell because he's going to be in his full like Canadian tuxedo. And I see. I think he doesn't even need like a stick. He just needs the bell and one of his claws and clang, 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 like full Will Ferrell. <laughs> so that's one. I want uh, the Watcher, Uatu the Watcher. On, oh, yeah. On like big percussion. So like bongos or like a big, uh, like a gong or like a cymbal. Like a whole Santana, like a whole setup. Like you want yeah. like all of like you want all the percussion. Like all, all right, of that. All right. Like doing all that. Um of course, as we saw in her earliest appearances, Echo is a master pianist. She can like play piano because she she feels the vibrations. She may be deaf, but she feels the vibrations and she can play anything. So you could have her like basically lead the entire group by playing these beautiful beautiful orchestrations on the on the piano. So I think that would be super cool. I love this, but I'm going to go because I got to say it like Cody Ziggler did one of the most fun runs with Spider-Punk. And I'm really just going for Daredevil, his Daredevil on drums, because I'm just I'm just going to go like just she just looks like a badass. Um, I'm going to say that I want Monica Rambeau on keys, especially if it's an electric keyboard. Like, think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Duh. Yeah. Um, and you know, because I'm a weirdo, uh, I want dupe on vocals. Um, oh yeah. Because people are gonna just think it's it's great. And Glob Herman, I want him on bass because he's gonna play all his little feelings. He's gonna play all his little feelings into into it. And if I were to do any other percussion. It would be Moody Moody, Eric Brooks, on some other type of percussion. Oh, that'd Come be so on. good. Yeah. I'm just saying. But those are some really fun answers from us. You can tweet your answers about who should be in your favorite Marvel band or musical group using hashtag This Week in Marvel. Email them to twinpodcasts at marvel.com or send the message to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash This Week in Marvel. Please make sure to tell us it is okay to read Twim on the show. Anyway, so last week we had a question of the week. Which Marvel characters would you like to go on a run or walk with? Whose fitness goals do you aspire to? Uh, I am going to personally say, because I was not here, I would say Blue Marvel, because Blue Marvel just always looks like he's fit, and he looks like he'd be a really interesting conversation going for a walk, because he's just brilliant, and I'm going to put that out there. Adam Brashear, definitely on my mind. Oh, yeah. So we got some tweets in uh, from Herbe Dorotio at Herbe Excelsior. Uh, The heroes I would like to go run or walk with Captain America, both Steve Rogers and Sam Wilson. Black Widow, Ms. Marvel, Spider-Man, Iron Man, Thor, Hulk, Wave, and Black Panther. I love that you, like, Oof. slipped a wave in there. Yeah. Dave DeSilva at Dave underscore DSG says, anyone but Quicksilver or Makari? Ha ha ha. Anyway, so Wolver Steve at Wolver Steve um, has to be Logan, right? Who wouldn't want a nice country stroll with the Wolverine? So good. Yes, we do have... <laughs> 
emails. First one from Carol. Carol says, I would love to take a walk and or run with Rocket Raccoon. I feel like he would just keep yelling at me to keep going and I would actually achieve all of my exercise goals because of the angry space raccoon yelling at me. Also, I love Rocket. I also just love Angry Space Raccoon every time I see it. All right, and we got an email from Richard Leahy. Dear Twim Podcast, my fitness aspiration would be Iron Fist in the style of David Aha because he has the best frames and names each attack. Having a background in martial arts, I love the idea of knowing all different types while having a flaming fist. Since I do yoga, I have to say two... In Skandasana pose, I always feel like a webhead. Super excited to use Marvel Move. Sure hope we can get our hands on some headbands in the future. Um, Brand N. Goody says, I would love to go for a walk or a run with Steve Rogers because he could tell me stories from World War II and it would be like hearing it firsthand and not from a history book. The stories he could tell. Also, I would aspire to do Daredevil's workout routine because he's in shape and not too buff, and it's just right. Uh, Brand, I like that. Uh, you're going to have a, a lot of time with Daredevil uh, soon if you are enjoying Marvel moves, so get ready for that. All right. We also got some messages from Facebook, one from Rachel Nicole Ingersoll. She says, hello, Twim. Hey, Rachel. Uh, to answer this week's question of the week, who I would want to work out with would vary based on which type of exercise I'm doing. Okay, some thought put into this. If I was weightlifting and wanting to work on muscles growth, I'd turn to Thor for obvious reasons. For walks and live chats, I would walk with Black Widow. She's experienced so much in her life, and I feel like she would give really good advice and be a good listener. If I was working on agility and movement, I'd work out with Scarlet Witch. The way she moves with her powers makes me believe that she would be a good person to learn fluid versus sharp movement wits with. If I was cycling, I would want to cycle with Loki. He seems like he would be incredibly competitive and would really push me. For long-distance running, I'd turn to Captain Marvel. With how much she has to fly, I feel like her stamina is really good. And for physical combat, it would be Gamora. She's a badass who I feel like could teach me a lot of cool physical combat moves. Thanks, as always, for a wonderful show. Uh, I feel like a lot of thought was put into that. Shout out to you, Rachel. And all of your fitness goals. Totally. That being said, I think that's it. I think that's a wrap. I think we're done. Yeah, this episode of This Week in Marvel is produced by Jasmine Estrada, Isabel Robertson, Angelique Rocher, and Ryan Panagos. Our senior manager, audio production and development is Brad Barton. Special thanks to, honestly, everyone who's checking out Marvel Move this week. Um, this is this is the beginning of something really big and, and important for me, but I think it's really cool. I'm a big proponent of fitness and, and staying healthy, whether it's walking, running, doing yoga, all that stuff. I think it's really important for our mental and physical well-being. And if this in any way can help anyone out there, I think it's really great. So thank you for giving it a try. Please do. I'm Ryan. I'm Angelique. This is Marvel. Marvel.